Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back. Another episode of Little More Good. Thanks for tuning into the show. We appreciate you being here. We got a good one this week. Yes. Two, two amazing, inspiring, beautiful, lovely, amazing individuals. Yeah, we're good. We sat down with our, our good pal, Judy Brooks. Yes. Who brought along her good pal. Tara Bosch Tara from Smart Bosch. Suites. That's right. It was awesome. The founder, the creator, the illuminator of... of all things sweet and delicious. Yes. That so good. C- kicking sugar all the while. Um, Tara is such a, I mean, I can say such amazing things about Tara and Judy. Um, Tara, I think uh, in, in knowing her and speaking with her, she's one of these people that just has incredible vision and clarity. And um, in her vision, like it's her path is always, it just seems like she knows what steps, when to take them. Uh, it's very inspiring to see someone have that vision and that kind of appetite to to just go for it so fully, um, yeah. so committed. I feel like she's um, single-handedly with what she created with Smart Sweets changed um, the aisle in the grocery store. It went from, you know, processed, um, sugarful sweets that, you know, might have been tasty but mm-hmm. not so great for our bodies. Uh, and she you know, started this campaign to, to kick sugar yeah, and uh, created a whole new category um, of, of sweets and grocery and, and really changed the market globally, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And it's at such a, you know, young age, which is all, all the more incredible. So, so awesome. And I love that it like started with this kind of like curiosity, yes. right? Like this question of like, why is there so much sugar in our food? And, and then from there, exploring a little bit of like what sugar does and all of the impacts. And, you know, we've all probably know someone or have been touched by some of the harmful effects of a diet filled with too much sugar. And, you know, for her, it was like a, this was like kind of a personal mission to like help right this wrong in society that we just like, for the most part, people overlook. 
Yes. Yeah, there's just sugar and stuff, but like to really dig in and ask that question, like, well, but why is there so much and what yes. is it doing to us? Like, I love that it was curiosity that really started this new paradigm of like how she saw this issue and then was able to create a brilliant and delicious solution. So yeah, very, very inspiring. Very, uh, um, just like a, yeah, brilliant, thoughtful, committed individual who had this plan and like you say, was able to just bring it into the world and yeah, yeah. actualize it with, yes. uh, you know, radical, uh, radical clarity. Yeah. I think just jamming on what you're talking about, like, I think with candy and lots of things in our life, we just accept things as normal, natural and necessary. And like Tara had the, the courage and bravery to question those things and then take action once she saw a better possibility. Yep. So shout out to Tara, props to Tara. Mm-hmm. And, you know, always Judy, big love to Judy. So good. She's, yes. She's, uh, you know, the the total package. Got the mind, body, spirit going on. Yeah. So good. All right, so we're excited for this one. Before we jump in, I've got this little kind of in the theme of of, uh, Judy's considerations and contemplations and her artifact. Um, I picked up this little journal in Whistler, and I thought it'd be fun to kind of bring it into our podcast a little bit. It's called the Tiny Truths Journal. Journal Your Way into Living a Big Life by Aaron Anderson. So I thought I'd just open a page and ask you a question, Dean. Okay, let's see what we got. uh, Before we get going. Let's see, where should we go? I love it. Okay, here's here's one for you, Dina. If there is nothing in your way, what's something you'd like to change in the world, big or small? <laughs> Just coming out with the heavy hitter. Yeah. Oh man. If there was nothing, if there's nothing in my way. Yeah. What's I think something you'd like to change in the world. Okay. This this comes out of something uh, I got to I. And I got to the top of the grind yesterday and I was just sitting at the top and I heard people coming up uh, the BCMC trail behind me and the guy was talking about the, some movie and he's like, basically the premise of the movie is like, it's like a life lesson, you know, it's, it teaches us that uh, regardless of where you are at the top or at the bottom, he said, uh, there's enough, everybody, there's enough for everybody to be okay. He's like, that's kind of the premise of the movie. And then him and the person he was hiking with kind of like passed me. And I was just thinking about it. And I was like, it's so true. And it's so interesting that most of us would identify there's enough. There's abundance in the world. There's enough for everybody to be okay or even better than okay. And yet we don't, we don't, we don't share. We don't have that. So I think that if there was one thing and there's nothing standing in my way, I would want everyone to like be okay. And like to have not just enough, but like enough and then a little abundance. Because I think that creates goodness in the world. That's what I would, that's what I'd like to do. There we go. Boom. That's thanks a for, great. Thanks for sharing that. That's a know. great question. Okay. We'll bring back some more t- Tiny Truths Journal. Boom. In our next uh, next episode. So let's turn it over to uh, the wisdom of Judy and Tara Bosch. There we go. All right, all right. Welcome back, everyone. We're so excited for another episode of A Little More Good, and um, we've got we've got a great one lined up today. We've got with us the ineffable Judy Brooks. So good to have you back, our like co-host extraordinaire, and she is she has brought someone with her today, the lovely Tara Bosch. So good to have you both with us here. Thank you for making the time creating us creating the space and um yeah just like jumping into a fun conversation today so oh, so amazing to be back i was yeah. looking forward to it and 
Um, to have Tara with me is just the most fun ever. Yes. Um, some of you who are listening may or may not know of Tara. Tara was uh, or is the founder of Smart Sweets, and uh, she and I, which is a low sugar candy, low sugar kick sugar candy, and she and I made acquaintance, I guess, about four years ago now. Yeah, it feels like that was longer ago. (laughs) It feels like forever. That's wild. Um, Tara was 22 at the time, so I guess it's almost going on five years. That's crazy. And, um, you know, and and we had a transaction as a company. I was lucky enough to serve her as her executive chair. And um, I guess almost two years ago, I guess it is flying by two years ago in August. Yeah. And uh, yeah, here she is. So Tara, thank you for coming with me. It's so exciting. And uh, yeah, it's like, it's as exciting as having Devin for here for me. (laughs) Yeah, All the feels, all the excitement. All the feels, all the feels. Yeah, me and Judy have a blast. (laughs) 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 We do. Actually, Tara hasn't been doing like a ton. She's been doing lots of stuff as a board member and as needed as smart sweets but she recently had a baby just a year ago and so hasn't been as active in work so I didn't really want to ask her because I was like I know she's just and so I said hey you know I just want you to know you're invited if you want she's like I'm in and I was like no way that means we get to drive together we get to hang out together and we get to drive home together it's amazing crazy yeah so uh yeah and I don't know Tara you know that Zach and I have known each other for a long yeah. time because Zach and Devin knew each other. So, and then um, when they opened the juice truck, I was again privileged to spend some time with Zach and Ryan. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's a history here, and, and then Dean and I are newfound friends. But uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to see you, Dean. So likewise, thanks. likewise, Judy. Yeah. yeah. It's been a few days since Devin. We first met at a basketball camp. Oh and, no uh, way! Rich friend, and then <laughs> no like, uh, preteen way. dances and all sorts no of like, way. like so like small, way back. Yeah, I think like grade five or six. No way! Yeah, yeah. Wild. Just the old Steveston, you know, community vibes. So. Yeah, crazy how it all flows. It all That's comes together. Wild. Yeah. So before we start in some other things with Tara, why don't I like hand it, because I know, I don't know, Dean, you haven't spent any time with Tara really, Zach, I know you spent a budge, but um, any questions you have just about Smart Suites and the journey just as like a foundational sort of mm-hmm. moment? Well, I mean, I just want to give props and it's exciting, exciting to be able to sit together like any product that I think pioneers a positive change mm-hmm. that changes like the whole shelf of a grocery store across the continent like mm-hmm. is is game changing and i think you've you've made food that people love accessible and um you know something that everyone can have and not worry about like health concerns or diabetic concerns or um not to ever have like guilt with food but i think you can bring like joy and abundance and possibility with what you've created with Smart Sweets. So I just want to give some props. I think that's so cool how you, you took a whole, you know, a whole system and broke it and changed it. And I think that, you know, represents mm. so much of what we need in this world and you did it. So I just well, want to say Not alone, that. but yeah. thanks. No, thanks. So. And ditto with Juice Truck too. We are the first incubator program we were in was just up the block from the juice truck so the juice truck I like fangirled over from the beginning I remember actually when Judy told me that um, I don't know how it came up but that 
she had like worked with you guys i was like that's so cool <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like the spot that's so. amazing i remember yeah. when you guys were first working at yeah. hootsuite yeah and you and like you had a small team at the time you guys were yeah. like such supporters of the juice truck and yeah i remember yourself and a few people from your team brought like you know, early early on samples of the product. Oh, I was like, yeah. This, this, yeah. This is something. Like, this is going to be good. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And, and the story, I think, uh. is just as great. I mean, um, you know, we don't have to go over your whole, whole story, but just, like, how you started, you know, in your, like, so many great success stories. Like, you started in your in your basement, really, like, in your in your house. Um, all, all from, you know, wanting to make something that would make your grandma happy in a way. Can we can we kind of share a bit of your origin story before we like dive deep into yeah. totally. Let's yeah. do that. all the things? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Smart Sweets origin story. Yeah, it really started just from my love of candy growing up. I was like a candy addict. I don't know if you've seen that show Extreme Makeover Home Edition, but I always wished I'd get a candy room. Like that was <laughs> so it, it was like all encompassing. There wasn't a day I don't think really where I wasn't enjoying candy and just getting that like joy from it. Um, but I quickly realized that it made me feel bad about myself and so I cut it out and then I would have it and it just would impact my like body image and self-esteem growing up. Um, and so stopped eating candy. And then many years later, I had a conversation in college with my grandma, I call her Oma, and she shared with me that she regretted having so much sugar over the years because of how it made her feel about her body. And that was the first time I was like, wow, you can go your whole life feeling bad about yourself because of what you're putting in your body. Um, and so that kind of question occurred of like, why can't you feel good about candy? Um, and that was the inception for the idea and taking action on the idea um, to begin recipe testing in my little basement. Yeah. So what was, okay, a few questions. One, like what were your, if you're hitting up the corner store mm, yeah. as, a, as a kid, as a teenager, like what candies were coming home for Oh my gosh, all the candies, you know those five cent bins? Yes. The like the penny candy five cent bins? <laughs> all of them. I honestly probably would have like two dollars of candy at a time, which is well over a hundred grams of sugar, like t uh, two days of your entire daily sugar recommendation intake. I was having in like a snack. Yeah. Yeah. All of them, you know, the blue whales, the frogs, the sour keys, the I don't know. Do you guys like the marshmallow ones? It's kind of a controversial like candy. The, like the pink kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, it's those a controversial candy. <laughs> yeah. like we usually don't talk about it on air. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. like, don't want to ruffle any feathers. <laughs> the cilantro of candy. Yeah, okay, totally. but, so totally. what was your favorite candy? What was my favorite yeah. candy? Um, yeah, I like the frogs. The frogs yeah. were good. Like kind of those ones that... Um, had the like the white layer and then the color layer. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, those were good. Oh, fuzzy peaches. Was a oh, big, yeah. Which yeah. You know, you've beautifully Classic. created mm -hmm. as well. Um, those were probably my two favorite. What about for you, Dinner? Mine were uh, sour keys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I still like love the pink and blue Coke bottles. I don't know what oh. flavor they're supposed to be, like cream oh, yeah. soda or something, but 
<laughs> it's bubble gum. Is it bubble gum? Yeah. Okay, those yeah. ones, man, I love those ones. Yeah. Still, I like have to limit myself. <laughs> it's those like we're at Gravel Island. The kids are like, Dad, let's get candy. I was like, okay. Scooping those. Oh, man. So amazing. But yeah, those, awesome. those are the jams for sure. Yeah. What, about, what about you, Judy? Um, well, I, when I'm thinking of it, I'm maybe a little bit older than you guys, but is. Um, the, you know, the, like you said, those weird, like, little um, strawberries and bananas? Oh, They yeah. were really prevalent. I don't yes. know if I liked them, but they were the ones that I rem- no remember. Way. But I think I liked the kind of fish kind of candies. Oh. Even the, yeah. No way. But, yeah, those are what I remember. That, like, that's a childhood memory of those uh-huh. being in there. Yeah. And probably yeah, actually even being in those little bags and, ha- and getting them, but not really even liking them. But <laughs> that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was interesting, like, one of the things I was saying to Tara as we were walking up here is, um, you know, what Tara represents to me um, is sort of, she is probably one of the most inspirational people I know, and I don't mean even her actions or what she's accomplished, but her sense of being being, becoming a light about something, you know? Mm. She, like, literally gets, like, (gasps) You know, so cool, so cool. So I really, I really um, admire that, and she still does that for me. And she also has a sense of a really, she brings a lot of joy to me. So she has this innate sense of joy. As a business person, what she continued to give to me is something actually, Zach, that I've talked to you guys about here before. What Zach and Ryan did is, as for me in business, is to actually bring to the table and to remind me that while I might have some good experience and knowledge that I could share that I couldn't or I should share the wisdom and not always share the the knowledge as an Mm. exact path Mm. rather to inform what it might what might be considered but not like this is what's successful so you should Mm. do this this way because that is just not and I don't mean innovation in terms of candy innovation is not innovating in the world Mm. and it doesn't change the system from what it has been to what it could be and you know you guys know that it, that's for me socioeconomically it's in terms of diversity and so the you Zach and Ryan and and Tara are kind of pivotal to my continued learning in that um, and it was uh, and I think I've told the story before there was like three or four times where Tara would say something you know in meetings or around a boardroom table and I think well, that might not work and, and sometimes it didn't but I, I didn't I hope I don't feel mm-hmm. like I shut her down because the times it did work mm-hmm. it was like you could never have imagined and I always talk about you and um, letting me know that you're going to get money from RBC when you owned like literally nothing and and I remember my other board member being like no way and I was like let's just try it and mm-hmm. and she did and we're like that's like impossible. There's nothing anywhere that says you can do that. So there were many examples of that. And then there was a few where I was like, well, I wouldn't do what I do, but go for <laughs> it. And, and it maybe didn't work. But I think that idea uh, that that wasn't a failure, that was a learning yes. mm-hmm. um, and the support of that in each other. Being mm-hmm. able to actually, sometimes I look at support and support sort of looks like that fawning over and like, it's okay, mm-hmm. as opposed to actually being like, yeah, that super didn't work and having mm-hmm. a good laugh about it and moving from there. So as a business person and then as a board member on that team as the chair, I think what she really gave the gift, or I think it was perhaps an established gift between us, was like complete comfort, complete trust, and complete transparency mm-hmm. even when 
either of us were going to say something that maybe wasn't that smart, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like I didn't have a problem and, and letting us know how each other felt as well as what we wanted. Mm. So that was totally that. I mean, I don't know, like how did that uh, this this relationship and other relationships in in that company? Really, that's all it's about for me mm-hmm. in the end. I love what was accomplished. I love walking into a store and been like, you know, look at all of this stuff. But when I think of that success, I think of it vis-a-vis the care and relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I, I want to know what you think our meeting story is. I feel like we're dating now because my meeting story <laughs> might be different than your meeting story. Well, I, I, I can tell you what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? No, um, yeah, my, like, in my, like, perception of how we met um and yeah totally to what Judy was saying I feel like the like permission to just feel like you can say and like act on a hypothesis or like an instinct and know that there's like no one is going to um judge you or be like that was a bad decision we shouldn't have done that I feel like it gave like an ease to it and I feel like um Judy always creates or and created in that like environment a feeling I think amongst everyone if somebody like stepped outside of that um Judy would like always be there to be like actually it doesn't matter (laughs) so and let's move on so Judy was like my I felt feel like was like uh you know that blanket or stuffed animal you have like as a child that you like take every you won't take everywhere with you well I couldn't take Judy everywhere with me but she was like that mental um comfort <laughs> yeah Judy's your blanket and she's got yeah. Judy's wearing this beautiful like knit <laughs> sweater right now that kind of looks comfortable like a blanket yeah but our meeting story I so we were connected uh, vis-a-vis um someone and I didn't text Judy to connect, and so she followed back up like a month later or so and reconnected us, and then I texted her, um, and then we were had plans to go get coffee in Gastown, um, so went to go get coffee, and then Judy came in with her arm broken, like a, <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a little bird, like, <laughs> um, and then we had, I in my perception, like a really good conversation and Judy was like asking questions that were different than other people had asked before um that weren't just like about the facts and like logistical thinking and like but actually about like how are you feeling and things like that um so that I really remember from the conversation and then we reconnected a couple months later at a gala just serendipitously we were sitting next to each other um, and that I feel like that was kind of like the moment when, like, if someone was like, hey, like, so do you want to go on a date? Like, so I want to go on a date. <laughs> and that's Judy was, was like. Was there a moment we fell in love? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was like, hey, I think, like, we should spend more time or something. And I was like, oh, you, you do think that? Okay, then, like, I think that, too. <laughs> and then from there is love at first sight. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. It's totally. so good. Yeah. It's like check yes in the box. I know. Do you like yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I can remember. So it, I remember that as that as well. And my my feeling about Tara in that first meeting was that I was actually like I walked in, and for those of you who haven't seen Tara, she's you know 
I, I know this is maybe not the word I should use, but she's like adorable. She's like adorable. I know that's like quite a feminine word, but she's adorable. And you can hear her voice. It's quite sweet, almost cartoonish. <laughs> and, but is at first I was like, because I had a broken arm, I was like a little frustrated. I was like, what am I doing here? Which is not like me. And then we dove into this conversation and within like literally a minute, a minute and a half, I was like, oh my gosh, she is so razor sharp. She assimilates like no one I've ever known and her ability to use language around what she was building, though she shouldn't have known even all the language, but without it feeling like um, textbooky or jargony was it was like yeah it was delivered with such ease and grace and um just not no ego so Mm -hmm. i think that that's actually a really big thing for me tara has has had strong sense of self on and off sometimes not like (laughs) us all but not uh i have not seen ego Mm -hmm. yeah almost never like almost never and that i guess that was really the beauty for me is here's someone that has has this incredible talent um and uh just is 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 has a vision she's conceptually i think we actually did an assessment around this and tara's like 99 percent conceptual (laughs) which isn't super helpful when you're trying to do structural things (laughs) but but that that can be learned um but that is how i feel i like when we're talking about something she goes right into that (gasps) what if you know, and I love that part of yeah. it. So yeah, that was my thing. And then we started to dig into the work together and, um, and you know, the team got built around us and with us and with Tara. And um, that was just amazing. And then on transaction is, uh, you know, Tara and I had, a, I mean, we're spending days and days on the phone together. It was while we were on phone and not in person. And we just continued to orient, and I think I've said this to you guys before, towards the how mm-hmm. of this transaction. And we, I'd be walking in Whistler on the phone because we weren't in real life. Tara would be somewhere else. And we get on the phone with a group of lawyers, who th- and we would just we would laugh, even when they didn't want to laugh. <laughs> and then eventually they started to yeah. laugh, too. <laughs> yeah, so it was really, it was, um, as transactions are, a lot of work, and it was so thoroughly enjoyable mm-hmm. even during the difficult times because it just could always come back to how are we going to do this how 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 can yeah. this feel so I really appreciated that mm-hmm. yeah it was always kind of funny even though like it was and it was like there was a lot on the line for like uh, um for a lot of people and to like do right by our mission and vision and like squad and everyone but I feel like we were always able just to think of it as it's kind of funny at the same time um, the seriousness that other people have around it and the lawyers and the investment bankers and it's just um, yeah it was just kind of fun to be able to like put ourselves on mute and like laugh at them like when, <laughs> when it's like a really heavy conversation really yeah. heavy conversation yeah. and I think that's also interesting because I've been thinking about that a lot about you know with this crypto market going up and down and around it's sort of and by the way that that um, transaction was significant to me and my family it was significant to Tara and her new baby. It was significant to all of us that either worked in there or were shareholders who gave us support. It was significant and life-changing. But in the end, it's, it's like it is a bit monopoly-ish. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it doesn't, it can be meaningful, but 
it is not um it is not important mm. <laughs> you know it's mm. not important and i think that that i felt that part of it all the way through um of just like we're not making this into the thing we're not making this number into the thing and the number itself became sort of a little bit the transaction number became a little bit of a like it was partially funny because we're like well this is ridiculous we're going to get this much there's partially of you could in another world get more or not more but just of going this is more than enough Mm. you know more than Mm -hmm. enough you know so I think that that also we all just left going wow you know that's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that actually we were just on a board call right before this and one of the things that I hadn't realized because they gave a chart I'm not giving away any board secrets here but (laughs) they have a chart is like out of the top hundred candy skews is you know we're in there now smart sweets is in there and that's like craziness and um in that we are the youngest company right like it goes like we're six years old and on that list and there's like companies that are 135 years old on that list right i think the next one was like Mm -hmm. 13 years old and the next gap was probably like to 40 or 45 and Mm -hmm. as much as i am in constant admiration of what Tara can vision up and and what was created there are these stark reminders of like you said what is such an overused word but what a disruptor it was how it mm-hmm. like literally um changed oh totally it's kind, of, it's kind of like the oat milk of candy in a way you know like totally. all these, all yeah. these, all these totally. dairy producers were like what are we gonna do there's mm-hmm. like a new new kid in town a uh, yeah. new kid on the block like i feel like you've disrupted like the whole the whole market um, just going back to those early early days and talking about mm. you know ninety nine percent conceptual like when you were making these original recipes and you know figuring out how to make candy in in your basement um, like did you envision that you know these this product that you knew the market needed could grow to the scale that it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to ask you like the same question about juice mm-hmm. track. Yeah. The yeah, I yeah, I think from for from day one yes. I think candy and just that kind of question about why can't we enjoy candy, it took me into learning about the sugar consumption globally yes. and how that is an epidemic. It's kind of a silent epidemic, um, because can sugars in everything that we eat. Um and that just became so dumbfounding to me that, I mean, on a pack of cigarettes, you have to say like warning labels and let the person know that it's going to impact them in a certain way. Um, but you can put sugar in a pack of candy and give it to a child. Um, and and how can something that you're enjoying and that's being given to you by people that are safe people be so bad for you? Mm. And so it was just like shocking to me that sugar, um, one study in particular when they gave sugar to rats and then cocaine to rats, the rats chose the sugar it's over the cocaine right? in terms of its addiction. Yeah, so that just became as like, wow, if we can successfully kick sugar out of candy, then it's making a much larger statement about why is there so much added sugar in our foods today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so very quickly I became passionate that no, this is a global mission and um, Smart Sweets is like a conduit to move the needle on this global mission. 
So candy, I think, was like the joy and it was our product. But the why and the impact was like so much uh, more profound than the product itself. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about like uh, new paradigms, right? And like seeing this old model and kind of like what we all (laughs) grew up with and understood to be like candy. And you came in, as Zach had said, as a bit of a disruption to that. And you've mentioned a few times now, like um, the the idea of like this mission or this purpose behind what you what you've created and and you know what your product is doing really on mass as people are starting to consume it. Um, can you talk more about that? Like, what is the goal behind it, other than just making like delicious? delicious candy that is like almost free of sugar really but like what was the what was the purpose behind that like the if you if you could distill it down to say this is our value this is our mission what we're trying to do in the world yeah I think it's I mean it's kind of it's kind of funny because it's kind of um relates like a bit to what um Judy was saying about the kind of like lightheartedness um but how having that kind of mindset actually made a really big impact for us like the fact that candy with smart sweets is so lighthearted, it, it has a duality to it where it can be lighthearted and fun and it can hold immense impact. And so um, for us, kicking sugar and for us kind of the measure of impact has been like the grams of sugar. So now it's like well over 3 billion grams of sugar that we've helped kick. Um, but the, the goal and where we're still working towards is to be the global leader in that. So that's like, you know, like, trillion grams of sugar should uh, one day feel like uh, what else can we kick what's above trillion so we're really just getting started in that sense which is really cool because I feel like the more you grow and the more impact you create I feel like the more you realize how much more impact there is to create and you know that it's possible Mm. so I feel like that was the coolest thing and is the coolest thing even though we've had this transaction that it's like still the the very beginning in terms of impact that we can have in the world yeah i think when tara's talking to us funny what was coming to mind for me is the that all of a sudden like everything else she turned her attention to something and recognized the sort of vastness or the severity of something that as consumers isn't highlighted to us and we've talked about this before um, in previous podcasts about this idea of where are we sort of with either mindlessly consuming or not mindfully even if we're not and I was thinking about um, and Tara does this for me all the time I mean she is fairly food obsessed in terms of the macros and in terms of the ingredients and she can like roll things off her tongue that I'm just always like oh my gosh how did you know all of that and and because she did dive so deeply into the macros and the ingredients Um, but I'm thinking about me as somebody that is nowhere near as deeply aware around these things but has awareness and when I would go like I lived when I lived in Costa Rica and you know I had this little baby she was only three months at the time I knew not to put coca-cola in a bottle which is what was done but there are other things that I probably didn't think about the sugar content of because it wasn't obvious mm-hmm. um, that I did do. I was not mindless, but I wasn't fully in knowledge and awareness around it. And often when Tara speaks about things, I'm always like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that or I didn't think about that. You know, she's just oriented towards that because that's really 
sort of was the impetus of the the macros and the ingredients and so I am constantly reminded of that. Mm. Yeah, it's shocking. The, the mm-hmm. sugar side is shocking too, like similar to yourself, like obviously didn't go down this this wave of, of trying to, you know, change how people looked at sugar, but just being concerned with food and mm. what I put in my body, you know, have been interested in labels for a long time and going from unaware to looking at labels, mm-hmm. it was very shocking, like, like, looking at the healthy bars, like the quote-unquote healthy bars that I'd have after sports, and then looking at the label and being like, fuck, there's 40 grams of sugar mm-hmm. in this one bar, or yeah. like a pasta sauce that mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a pasta spa- sauce for like like my noodles. You think it's just like tomatoes and you know some yeah. salt and stuff. I'd be like, why is there 30 grams of sugar in this yeah. tomato sauce? Like it's, it kind of became this, you know, ingredient that went in everything mm-hmm. just to make to appease our, our pellets that forgot how to enjoy you know bitter and sour and savory and all these other kind of um, flavors mm-hmm. and we just kind of became this like sugar sugar obsessed society that that was the only kind of food that we knew how to enjoy totally and we didn't even know but yeah. you, that's such an interesting point because there was that whole point where like salt Yes. got such a bad rap. Yes. Yes. And, you know, salt mm-hmm. was the enemy. I don't know other than I, I believe that in this product, we've really highlighted that, but I don't actually know if we're still having the same conversation around sugar that we had about salt. Right. Mm-hmm. And and actually took away something that also has a necessity in the body. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so that's kind of interesting, too, of how, yeah, we're just led down a garden path, but there's there's nothing to suggest that sugar does, that sugar, this mm-hmm. processed sugar does anything. Mm-hmm, totally. that is positive for our body totally yeah and I think that's the cool thing where like so much change can be created by other things existing in the world that cause people to pause and then be like they might eat a bag of smart sweets and then they go and are in the ice cream aisle and they're like oh I wonder how much grams of sugar this has mm-hmm. like um, Judy was saying like just coming into awareness about it mm-hmm. and then I feel like that's where this snowball of change starts to happen um but yeah it's so confusing as consumers because the marketing and all the things are tailored so that you feel like it's healthy not so that it actually is healthy and then we're on this fast-paced mission and it's just like we've talked about around digital or is like it's actually programming to (laughs) make us believe something Mm -hmm. and and it's still our responsibility to check it out but there it, it means actually you have to delve deeper mm-hmm. than you yeah. would imagine. Yeah. yeah. And marketing like it is. I mean, as you mentioned, Terrence, like it's so, so misleading, I think a lot of times mm-hmm. because ultimately at the end of the day, it's like trying to sell the product. And I find that like, uh, did you experience maybe like an uphill battle in marketing a candy that was like healthy or like low sugar that people were like, oh, it's not going to be as good. Like what was the, what was maybe the process of getting people who are like sugar, you know, candy addicts to like try and swap out their regular candy the the five cent aisle at 7-eleven or whatever for something that you're offering that brings awareness to like what Mm -hmm. we're eating and also brings like that same deliciousness like we're we love it in our house we're we're smart sweets obsessed it's not even funny but yeah so like is there is there like a was there kind of like a an uphill battle to try and get people to like buy into the idea of like a healthier alternative or like an alternative that just offers way less sugar than the kind of Mm -hmm. typical candy i mean i feel like i i feel like so many people 
are always looking for a quick fix, which cannot be a, a healthy thing to do in many ways. But when it comes to um, the like looking for kind of having your cake and eating it too, um, I think tasting is believing. Right. And so you can read that something is better for you, but the natural assumption with that for many people is, oh, but it probably doesn't taste as good. Um, and so I feel like tasting is believing. And I think like we are in a day and age where we have – I mean, it, it was crazy, um, too, thinking in the beginning because that was, like, when Uber was blowing up. And in, like, the tech world, there was all this stuff. But the food world felt so backwards when it came specifically to candy. And so I feel like we're in a day and age where, like, we have the raw materials. We have the ingredients. We have the access to the research and the knowledge to figure out how to innovate products that taste amazing and that deliver a nutritional panel that's actually good for you Mm -hmm. um and so yeah i really think it just was getting people to taste the product for us um and we did that in all sorts of fun and crazy and you know start of life scrappy ways (laughs) but yeah yeah what was um when you look back um sort of pre-transaction what were, if you were to, you know, pick one, two, or up to three moments that were pivotal as a business, what do you think those pivotal moments were? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like definitely me and Judy meeting was one of those. <laughs> so <Scored. little>. yeah. <laughs> Jack. Was for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so yeah, I think if looking back, um, in the beginning, I think the very first decision that was absolutely pivotal, I think, was um, to really have the the focus and discipline of not over-innovating. So we had gummy bears, and you naturally, like, you want to be releasing new products right away, and people are always asking what's next and this and that, but I think having the discipline of really being like okay we have this one amazing product that we've nailed getting the distribution getting the awareness before you're you're going wider I think that was pivotal um yeah I also think what was another one that was really pivotal I think is just really um knowing it's an emotional connection that you're speaking to that I guess the classic it's not what you're selling it's why you're selling it Mm. Um, and, and really making like the brand even around that with the fun colors and the kick sugar keep candy being on the back of every pack and yeah then I think um, when Judy and I met I think um, I mean Judy like when she says she was a board member it's like very under under serving the I mean we were on the phone every day like I was I was basically saying Judy's words through my mouth sometimes because I would just I would sit on my notepad and just take I am notes. Becoming Judy. And then I would sometimes instead of in person have a phone call so I could say the notes like verbatim. Um, so I think yeah, navigating the the like um, how do we actually scale from like a people perspective and like navigating all these uh, relationships as they became more complex and also being. A young female founder and um, and navigating all of those things, um, having like yeah, having Judy as um, like there and just yeah, like really leaning on her for everything in that regard. <laughs> I mean, even when it came to recruiting 
our like squad um i love that you call your team your squad too that's yeah cool. yeah yeah our, our squad um many of those key hires that ended up being like absolutely pivotal mm. to us being able to scale and deliver also came from judy and so i think yeah i mean that's i don't know if that's great advice they're basically just telling people to go find judy <laughs> go, go, go find your judy maybe yeah maybe not this judy may not have the, the scope or maybe she does <laughs> all, all, all our listeners are going to be dropping into a dm studio yeah. but that's such a yeah. good point too to like this this team so when tara and i met there was tara and beth Beth yes. Ritchie. There was just Taryn Beth. And then all of a sudden, yeah. within, I think we started sort of hanging out together and working together in sort of the February, March. And then we quickly took sort of those calls into daily and two and three and four and five times a day and created this really great advisory board with Eric Patel. Thank you, Eric. And, and then later on, Scott Semmel and um, Jenna Colleen. And, but we brought in some, Tara also, like this is one of the things as a founder, it's not that she didn't make up her mind when she said she listened. She knows when to listen and just be like, okay, let's give that, a, let's give it a try. And she also really found her voice when to go. Like I said to her, one of the things when somebody else called her that was pushing against something, I said, just say, I feel comfortable with my decision. And then I said, like, years later, she used that line on me. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's a line for others. <laughs> That's not a line for but no, just like, you know, so she just did. Like, we hired. I think at the time, Tara was making like thirty thousand dollars a year, maybe, and we hired someone in a like in a, in a COO position with the appropriate salary. You know, we're getting into a couple hundred grand plus with a package, and that was like I think her twelfth employer, and mm-hmm. maybe not even. And she just said she looked at it, and she was resourceful and scrappy, which is also one of the reasons that I really enjoyed her. And she was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And that was Cindy Bakich, and she, you know, she like, yeah, changed. She she helped change that. Mm-hmm. And Tyson, as our finance person, which I think was was here fourth or yeah. yeah, was you know, he again changed the way we did business. And so I think that was really good. When again you go that yeah, let's do that, let's do that. I think zooming in there, I think that's like such an interesting thing that like as a founder, you were because I think as a scrappy startups you know you try to try to make everything scrappy you know Mm -hmm. pay what you can pay what you can but I think having that macro lens and zooming out and seeing value and putting someone like above yourself in terms of a Mm -hmm. pay scale and being like okay this is I'm okay making this 30 grand if I bring in this person at 200 grand this is gonna change the business I think not a lot of people are able to like zoom out and have that perspective Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of businesses get stuck there. Mm. So I think that's really like a cool pivotal point. It was uh, so pivotal. Mm. Yeah. So pivotal. Yeah, that was yeah. That was and and we did that over and over and over yeah. uh, in that segment as we grew. Luckily, we also had more and more su- success coming our way, mm-hmm. so it didn't take us into deficit, but it really, you know, mm-hmm. we were we were continually proving viability without raising like honestly and that was I look at that now and I think oh that's like pretty key that's a pretty key thing so I have another Mm -hmm. question what were your three moments where you're like I don't I can't (laughs) I just don't know or how did this happen like what were your three not Um, so great moments I mean I think 
Yeah, I think so. If from the beginning, I was like pretty intentional that um, I didn't want us to take PE or VC until we scaled the company to a point in time which the valuation would feel like something that was like doing right by everyone that had equity. Um, and so leading into debt financing, I feel like in, in the early days, especially gave so many of those um, those like, oh my God, feelings when we were first launching and got 105K debt financing, um, I didn't have anything to secure against it other than my trusty Honda Fit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I had to take out life insurance and like to get life insurance, they do the call where they're like, does your pinky, has your pinky ever had an illness? Has your <laughs> nose your ever right had an illness? Yeah. Has your mother's, mother's, mother's nose ever had an illness? And so that, I think, was one of those moments where I was like, holy shit, I am, like, truly, like, <laughs> truly in. So wait, yeah. your, your security on a loan was your life insurance? My life insurance and my Honda Fit. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, By the way, yeah. if you see how Tara yeah. keeps cars, you probably wouldn't want her Honda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably not. Um, they obviously didn't look at your Honda Fit. They were asking the wrong questions. Right, right. <laughs> totally. They'd be like, when's totally. the last time you cleaned your Honda Fit? <laughs> Shut up in the question. Totally. They probably assessed it at less than value. Right. <laughs> you have to pay someone. Yeah. Actually, that just adds to the debt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like that was, and that was actually a big one for me up until like even when we had like 10 million of debt financing, I still was a personal guarantee. But I feel like in those moments when you like scale it back and you're like, okay, when I'm like 90, you know, and like in your rocking chair, um, am I going to be like living with any what ifs? And if you're like, okay, actually, I'm not going to be, I feel like it was really helpful in those moments to be like, okay, so what? the company fails and I have 10 million in debt that sucks but like I know then I'm not living with what ifs you know that was a big one for sure um yeah I think another one was um we were supposed to launch um in January of 2016 and three weeks before the launch the manufacturer changed the minimums um and it was going to be like triple what it would have had to have been financially and so um, we couldn't facilitate that. And that was the only manufacturer that would actually make the product. And that mm -hmm. said yes to this like very complicated technical way of changing their equipment that only knows how to process sugar. So went on LinkedIn and started uh, messaging potential investors. And nobody wanted to try the product because the company's name was Stevie Sweets. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, is this idea not going to be able to come to life right now, like because of this? But um, that was a huge blessing because it caused um, the company's name to be changed to Smart Suites. So, uh, yeah, I feel like all those moments that were like the depths of despair actually were some of our biggest mm. opportunities just hidden in disguise at the time. But it's yeah. amazing, though, to see that because so many people take those moments of like, oh, this is not going to work, and then they'll fold. Whereas you kind of like, we're like, no, okay, like let's find the way. And then even now to be able to sit here and say like that was that was a pivotal moment, like that was stress stressful. I couldn't even imagine like, okay, we're ready to go three weeks out, and then like now it's going to be triple the cost and like back to the drawing board. How are we going to figure this out? But like not backing down from that. Like I, 
uh, even just throughout the the conversation so far, like hearing your commitment to like your idea, like not just the product, but like the idea of like this is something that the world needs mm-hmm. is like to understand what's what they're consuming and how they can be consuming the things that we love, but in like a better, more intentional and healthy way. Like it's such a noble like pursuit. And I think that like, I don't know, maybe that contributed to some of your drive as well, but also like interested in about Judy, something you mentioned earlier was like this concept of like no ego and like, can you I, hear it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, I, I'm so, I'm so fascinated and it's amazing because you know, you, you have created something so, so good. And I think the way that even the story you shared about like, okay, let's hire someone and like pay them more to do this job because I believe in the product. I believe in like what we're doing. The, the piece of like seeing yourself as, you know, founder, but not top of the heap. Is that something like you practiced? Where did that come from? Is that just like who you are? Is that something (laughs) you've been aware of your, you know, like people work for years and years and years to like get to the, point of seeing like okay I'm going to push like that sense aside of like I need to be the one Mm -hmm. versus stepping back and saying no 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 like we we can facilitate and actually you are the right person over top of me like that's brilliant I'd love to zoom in on that a little bit with you like um I mean I think it just comes down to like we're all piece of the puzzle you know like no one you cannot accomplish like anything by yourself and so I feel like just like I had the idea for Smart Suites, and like, um, I, like it, it's saying that doesn't, I don't undermine my own like the hard work and the grit and like all the things that it took to like. However, I think um, like in kind of accumulation of us getting to like executing on the vision and like growing and scaling, I was a piece of the puzzle, but we were all pieces of the puzzle, mm-hmm. and without all the pieces of the puzzle. Like, it wouldn't have come together. And so I feel like, Mm. I feel, and then also I think, like, when you're in those moments where the, like, shit's falling apart and it feels like the end of the world, um, like, in those moments, it's not like, I was, I couldn't have sorted through those moments alone. It was, again, like, calling Judy, like, the cumulative. And so I feel like it's, yeah, it, it, like, allows you to sit in, in just, like, how can you think that, or have ego about it if like you're just you're navigating this like with so many other people and we're all bringing it life to life together um and I think also just having the perspective that like um it kind of in like belief of like the universe and how like if you're working some working in the world to make something good happen that it will like support you in that Mm -hmm. I never felt like ownership that like smart sweets was my thing I felt like very deeply in gratitude that like I had the idea for smart suites and that like the universe trusted me to like bring it to life Mm. but I never felt like oh this is like my idea that like I brilliantly thought of (laughs) like but I felt very like grateful and always thought like oh my god I don't know how I'm so lucky to have the opportunity to like execute on this yeah um like with these amazing people like to the point so often where like I'd have imposter syndrome like on like having team calls and stuff so like oh my god I don't know what I'm gonna say to these people that could they're so like amazing you know well you know it's interesting I don't know if you remember this conversation and I think this also speaks to like again where where Tara um 
was able to have conversations and allowed me to have conversations with her that lots of people probably wouldn't have had together without us ever thinking it meant anything about our own value to each other as human beings. And so for clarity in that hire, the, the Cindy Bakich, thank you, Cindy, who we love so much, who's um, still so part of our both of our worlds, is that um, Tara was, like I said, I think it was 30, like I might have the number slightly wrong, but it was close enough, 30 grand. Mm -hmm. We brought in Cindy, packaged 200, let's just say. And at the board level, there was a conversation around because um, I said to Cindy when we, I said, you know, perhaps you should be CEO, CEO. And Tara was very happy to step into a market, like a CMO, C. Mm -hmm. And, but Cindy, so this is again where it takes a collective. Cindy was like, nope, she needs to be CEO. And really, when I look at it, it's like collectively between Tyson, Tara, Cindy and me, as well as many, many others, at any one point, anybody was anything, <laughs> like whatever the name. Yeah. But Cindy said, no, I think it's important because there was such a founder story behind that. And really, like the vision was so held by Dara. And so there was a conversation and we didn't have like this kind of cash flow yet to pay too many people at that level. And I think it was brought up that, you know, well, Tara should be above Cindy in terms of pay. And mm -hmm. so, you know, sort of that resonating Tara and I walked in and I was like I don't think you should <laughs> I think you should stay at 30 for another six months until we have cash flow and then I think you should go she still didn't go straight up she went to the next highest paid person which was you know a significant drop because we were a young team and she said what she didn't she, she actually didn't she was like I think you're right and I was like yeah like you're amazing but I wouldn't hire you as CEO yeah <laughs> do you remember that conversation yeah. I was like you're like the most amazing person and this couldn't happen without you but it's because also we both had a really clear idea around cash flow was a really important mm -hmm. thing for us and it all eventually happened the way it happened and I think you had real um, firm belief in that mm -hmm. you would be rewarded yeah even fiscally in a way that was really you know that was significant and you didn't have to have it right at that moment it didn't yeah to your point it didn't have to be in that moment mm -hmm. nobody was more or less than anyone cindy was right on that because she had been working her whole you know her life to get to mm -hmm. that level in a career you know and so i just remember being i i thought i'm so empowered to say this without her knowing and without tara knowing that it meant any less about what I thought about her brilliance. Right. It was the right thing to do for the company, given the way that both Tara and I think about being scrappy, and we knew it was going to change. Yeah. But I was like, I honestly, to be able to, to give have the gift of being able to do that and still like, like laugh and think it's all funny, mm -hmm. it was a big one. So yeah. that that's that's no ego. That's amazing. And that's like the bigger, higher good, and also like Tara said, is trust in universe that whatever is supposed to be delivered to you will be delivered to you. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard you chat just kind of digging deeper into that trust of the universe. I've, I've heard you speak on some other podcasts about manifestation mm -hmm. plus action. Because um, I think, you know, we have, we've had other guests on talk about manifestation. And, there, you know, there's all these books, The Secret and all of this. But I think some, a lot of people miss the action mm -hmm. stuff. Um, can you talk about manifestation plus action and how that can be a recipe for actualizing, actualizing mm -hmm. ideas or purpose or, or any of that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's so funny because I feel like um, from the outward perspective, sometimes people will say, wow, like you guys grew like super quickly. 
Um, but in my mind, like from day one, I feel like I was like super intentional that like Smart Suites, you know, s- 10 years from now, Smart Suites is a global company. Like we have created this impact. Smart Suites 20 years from now is the company that child children are growing up on. Um, and also like being super intentional in terms of like the timeline that you f- you like are wanting to create that it can change, but just like having an intention. And so I feel like um, I always kind of felt and had the mindset that, you know, like acting with like the patient urgency mm-hmm. where like you, like I'd always be assume that 10 other people are working on it behind me, but then, so in the day-to-day having the sense of urgency, but having the patience to execute on that like longer term vision. Um, so I feel like having that like visualization of like, what it is that you want to create makes it feel real and so even when I was in my kitchen recipe testing I felt already like this is going to happen but then being very um aware also that like you need to make it happen and like you need you need to like take the action in the day-to-day and have that sense of urgency around it um but it's different for everyone I, I mean it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a acting with urgency every single day it but then I feel like you just have to pause and be like okay what is my vision and that was a balance yeah. for you yeah like honestly so yeah. what you also need to know is I and I, I Cindy would back me up in this as would others <laughs> is that um I've never seen somebody work as hard as Tara mm. like she literally was breathing in and out only this all the time maybe to the detriment of her social life and other parts of her life. And some of the early conversations were that her level of execution was so extremely high. And remember, she didn't have all of the experience, so sometimes it might have been slightly to the right or slightly to the Mm -hmm. left, but it was continual. It was, there was never, you know, there was never any um, foot off the gas. It might have been pushed harder you know and and it was hard for her sometimes to be like she was moving at such a level we none of us could keep up with her it collectively took a group of us to keep up with her and and there were some good conversations about that early on Tara's like people are going for lunch I I was like so upset when we had a meeting and people someone raised about like not sending emails at 3 a.m. And I was so offended because I was like, well, things like need to happen and like you need to manage your emotions about getting an email at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a little learning. Around yeah. like, Can you just schedule them for 7 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> like, like there was like literally conversations like that early on where she would call me and she'd be like, it's it's uh, people went for lunch at 12 and it's 105. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, it's okay. You know, they're cool. And she'd be like, it is? And I'm like, it's so cool. Okay, okay. So, and then, you know, great, general, you know, you learn and you understand differently. But because this beautiful, hugely conceptual mind that all of a sudden had manifestation and singular focus, mm-hmm. it's like, that's where it's almost robotic. Not her person is robotic, but it was so like, I see exactly and I know we have to, you know, we need to be on it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it took that team um, being graceful and patient and learning to, okay, this is mm-hmm. what's important. And then not only did Tara work that hard, then this team mm-hmm. was so inspired and so, you know, just saw it too. I don't think we had anybody that wasn't like so into the product. 
Totally, like, yeah. And yeah. still, as this, as our partner, our um, you know transaction partner, like Tara just sat with the whole team of which there's how many now? Yeah, there's like 85. 85, yeah. and said that to me. And she said this partner has done a really good job about mm-hmm. bringing people on that are that they just get stoked by the product mm. mm-hmm. and, and the stoked by the product and the mission behind or probably yeah. the mission behind the product and the product yeah you know so yeah so I think that that was pretty so then my next question is what three moments brought you the most joy uh, I mean uh, I think that's like the I feel like that's the like the funnest thing I in my opinion about startup life is that like amongst the craziness and like the hardness and the roller coaster and like feeling bliss and then the next minute feeling like pure despair (laughs) um I feel like is just the magic of the ride you know and like all just like those serendipitous things that happen that like almost just makes you feel like is this real life like it Mm -hmm. almost makes you feel like you're like high because it's it's just like such fun adrenaline I um I mean I think one of the one of the moments that was really amazing because it was like so clear that it was not a random happening um fox business reached out to us um when we were super early like less than 100 doors and wanted to do a feature on smart suites so went to new york the next week did the feature the feature was airing and then um, the global candy buyer at Whole Foods, who hates Fox News passionately, um, was scrolling through his TV and just saw this segment, emailed saying, like, would you guys be interested in a global launch? I thought it was spam at first. Um, and that's that was how we launched nationally in the U.S. eight wow. months later. So I feel like that was a moment where it was just like, okay, he had to be flipping through the TV's that second of that day to see that um so that was really magical because I feel like those moments when startup life is so hard a lot of the time make you are like it's like a nudge from the universe to be like oh okay like you're supporting everything as it's meant to happen so that I feel like was really like a joyful moment the um yeah I think there were so many it's hard it's so hard to a lot of the moments that were just pure terror in the moment looking back are hilarious like at the candy plant we were um doing this recipe change with different fiber regulations changing and we had a stark deadline and me and our candy um willie wilma wonka went to the plant and the plant was just like your candy guy sounds uh, like willie wonka wilma wonka yeah she's a she's a woman so i call her wilma um, but like a pipe had burst, the yeah. candy in the mold was hard. These people just had like the look of just like sheer defeat and were like looking to us to like have an answer and yeah. how to solve it. And we had no idea how to solve it. <laughs> but, and like we were looking at each other being like, <laughs> what do like we do? ever then showing up and be like, okay, so this is what we're going to try. And that was looking back was hilarious because this whole candy plant with like all their 200 workers on the floor (laughs) were just like this is not gonna work what like that was fun I mean the partnership itself was fun as well because um like Judy was saying like everyone on our team is from this entry-level role um 
receive something that changed their life. They could buy a car or a mortgage on a house. And so that was really cool just to see how all the hard work of everyone that had chosen to dedicate their like talents, their time and, um, and a portion of their lives to building smart suites that their personal lives were changed in such an amazing way but so many how about you yeah yeah well I mean to me there's like the moments of joy were probably like not as big as they were for you because they were just hysterical moments like (laughs) like on your birthday when we were in when we were in the (laughs) head office and we were knew we were gonna we we were pretty sure who our transaction partner was. We had done all the due diligence. There was like seven players at the table. We got down to the one. This was it. And then last moment, this other like bid came in, and it was like crazy. And um, there's a whole bunch of reasons why it wasn't what we went for. And and we actually both knew it right away without even like we we both had a feeling and mm-hmm. asked each other. And but we were, I remember the phone was um, we 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 were with the team <laughs> to have a, a piece of cake for Tara's birthday. This call came in from the investment banker. We took it in the other room. The phone was put on, like, you know, a water bottle or something so we could both speak. The investment banker gave us this number, and we both, Jared, put the phone on mute, and we both started, like, cracking up. We were just like, that's ridiculous. And then I said, and? She goes, we're not going to do that. That's not the right decision. I said, you're right. I, I agree. Uh, but it was such a moment of, like, pure joy because it was just so <laughs> ridiculous. It just, like, got weirder. Truly feels like Monopoly, press go, and you're like, we're, so it, this all is just, like, it's all a, just, game. It's like, a game. It's, it's, it's a like, game. It's a game. I just moved. Yeah. yeah. I just put that person in jail and moved to yeah. the boardwalk. Yeah, it was just like, so I remember yeah. that as being, um, yeah, just, I remember, um, as the team found out what it what it was and what it meant to them, we remember we were on um, video because oh, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, you know, people were so excited and there was like a little bit of shock and there were some really happy tears. People just, especially those that had really dug in since the beginning, mm-hmm. and even though the beginning wasn't that long, like it still was mm-hmm. just our journey relatively. It was it was a deep journey, so I think that that was a moment of like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those were the moments for me. Early moments were actually a lot of joy for me was just um, seeing you uh, something be not as easy for you in one month and three mm-hmm. months later just watching Tara. Like she'd have conversations. I'm like, nailed it, you know. <laughs> or uh, And also Tara also has a really good poker face. So <laughs> Yeah, you do. Because I remember we'd be like at a board meeting and – Someone to ask questions about the financials or whatever, and Tara like sit there like she knew what she was talking about. I left to go. I went. You had no clue, did you? She goes none. Oh, <laughs> none. oh totally. <laughs> none. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me like walk through with you. I love those moments where we just like get out of the boardroom and I'm like, you didn't know. Nope, didn't know. It's <laughs> like got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. So those those are like those moments and those moments those that funny. it just can't be like replaced. Those totally. were, I think those were it for me. Um, any other questions about business before we pivot? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a few. Yeah. Do it. Do you have any you want to jump in? I, well, I'm really curious. So it started like you talked about being kind of in your like test kitchen and like coming up with these recipes. Grandma loved candy. You had like enjoyed candy and wanting to come up with something better. Do you still like, you know, Smart Suites innovating. There's always new 
flavors and you even talked about like people are saying like what's next are you still involved in the process of like kind of getting getting down into uh, i think on your website it talks about like candy land or, or wherever you like <laughs> yeah. are you still yeah, in the process land. of like yeah making making and tr- tr- like trying new recipes yeah so i think the the biggest change for me with the partnership was like i was in the day-to-day execution um, fighting all the fires, all the things. And now I'm more at the strategic level. So serving on the board and like parachuting into different conversations that yeah. are helpful. Um, so yeah, on the strategy of the innovation, absolutely on the execution of like being at the candy plant, um, not anymore. Now we have our Willa Wonka and so many talented um Candyland Einsteins that yeah. serve there. So so yeah, now I really like I'm more able to be strategic and then parachute in when I'm needed. Cool. Yeah. For the for the the taste test, the sample. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> best about all of the batches. Yeah. 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 I'm the best Gemma ever because of that. Yeah. Is like new candy. Samples. Coolest grandma. On that kind of recipe side, I'm always curious. Like mm-hmm. when I talk to songwriters or artists, when they like write a song, do they know that this song is like gonna mm. be a hit, or do they know that this painting is gonna like you know change lives or whatever did mm. you know like when you were in that basement creating the first recipes like did you make one and be like yes this is this is it like did you have that moment or was it just all part of the the process of like being on that that path of mm-hmm. kicking sugar um I made like 400 that I knew were gonna be a no <laughs> <laughs> but I knew that like with every iteration it was like I don't know, like candy boiler, try 380 instead of 360, try three grams of gelatin, like like all like the modifications from those. Um, So with the gummy bears, like it wasn't until like, I'd say probably even like the last three recipes of the like three or 400 that I was like, wow, this tastes really good. Um, With the marshmallows, I was creating marshmallows as well. Those I smashed like pretty pretty quickly actually so for the marshmallows there absolutely was for the gummies it felt more like okay this ain't it this ain't it this ain't it this ain't it (laughs) yeah so that's fun same for us like when we're oh really making smoothies in my parents my mom's kitchen it was like you know no no (laughs) yeah (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) no way yeah and then you know eventually we'd hit on some that we liked yeah Um, but it was a lot of a lot of no's before we found any totally yeses. And, and that was like when we talk about like what lights us up like those memories were some of the totally. fondest times of just yeah. pure creativity and creation and um 100% one other question I have just on purpose and mission like your business is so clearly like a a mission driven like start with why like you knew what you wanted to accomplish um, you know, beyond the candy was the product, but the the mission was much bigger than the candy. You know, we talked to lots of people that don't know what their purpose is or what their mission mm-hmm. is, and and they don't know where to start. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any advice you have for for people that are looking to find you know their own why, or you know, to start somewhere with a path that might lead them to their mission? Mm, I mean, I feel like I I feel like sometimes doing things that you realize you don't like is is actually like takes you to that path because that's kind of how smart sweets was born i was 
in university didn't like any of it so I was like okay clearly there's nothing here that resonates amazing like good to know but also what's what does that mean started another startup that failed um so same thing okay this is not good and I feel like just kind of trusting that um like what doesn't work or what may feel like you're in limbo that if you just keep trying new things and following the kind of ideas that cross your mind that you will know when it does feel right and that was really with smart suites like it wasn't some kind of like profound like thing it was just an idea that crossed my mind Mm -hmm. as I was having a conversation Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I think just not being discouraged perhaps by doing things that you don't like or that aren't resonating with you because you just trusting and knowing that it will guide you to where you're meant to go um yeah that's I think what comes to mind with with smart suites and that's great through the lens of my journey at least yeah I love that thank you mm-hmm. okay I got one more and then maybe we can do some fun stuff Dean I don't you might have more before we go to the the magical cards of Judy Brooks <laughs> yeah. um, for a lot of like business people or people that aspire to be in business mm-hmm. you know I think there's a lot of focus on that that end goal that exit that mm-hmm. that sale you know they focus there's a lot of focus on the destination versus the journey and and you're someone that's gone through a transaction uh with with judy and i just i thought it would be enlightening just to kind of share it doesn't have to be about finances or about Mm -hmm. about money but just share what that experience was like for people that kind of put that maybe above above the journey Mm -hmm. or just focus on that just to kind of share what that experience was so that you can kind of shine light on it for people that Mm. are you know focused on Mm. on that aspect of of business yeah I mean I feel like it's so hard that if you don't have a why that's something that's greater than yourself and that's serving a positive impact in the world it's just too hard like it's at the end of the day like money or uh, these these things that um, some people may have as the goal I feel like those are really nice things but it's not in those hard moments when you feel like the world is crashing down on you it's not what's going to get you through to the next day it's knowing that you are it may feel really hard right now but you're creating something in the world that's going to have such immense impact I remember on like the hardest days at the end of the day I would like stare at the roof and I would just be like okay I've like done everything I can do today like just like use me how I'm meant to be used like and just trusting that like if it didn't work out then like that's it was guiding you to how you're meant to serve next but I think having that um kind of like goal of like a material thing for yourself is not going to get you through to that journey both just from like the hard points and I think also just like from the universe because I think it supports you on your path when you're doing something Mm. that's of service to others Mm. and like your purpose um yeah but at the same time I don't think it's wrong to have a goal in the beginning where like I knew 100% at one day it will make sense to partner with someone and that that would allow us to elevate the mission and from a like financial perspective even that that would be really and I think there's taboo as well around that especially from like female founders to be able to say like 
yeah, like that also is a personal goal that I have. I think that's okay. It just can't be greater than it can't be your why I guess mm. yeah I, mm. I agree with that and that's such a good way of saying it I agree with that it's not that you shouldn't it's just that quite quickly those goals can overtake they can actually mm. jack your authentic self I think mm. it's funny because even as somebody that on in the early um, days put some money in I wasn't an investor like I don't I still wouldn't really call myself an investor mm. I guess even though I've done some of that in private company now is um and then when we did this raise, this first raise, we did it. Well, really, yeah, the first real formal raise, we did it without, like, financials or a deck, really. We just, like, went out. Mm-hmm. And the people that got involved that, you know, really bring um, lots of joy to my heart and seeing them get impacted by the outcome, I literally would say, because it was my true belief of exactly what Tara said, is I'm going to give some money to this young woman because, A, I believe it's a really good product, I believe she's doing her very, very best. She's working as hard as she possibly can. And when she looks up at the ceiling at night and thinks, I've done everything I could do today, that would be the truth. And if not this, she is going to make an impact in our community, in our world, in some other ways. It doesn't, whether big or small. Like that was my firm belief. I never ever thought about getting money out. Mm. I mean, it was really nice to do that, but that wasn't. If it didn't work, I I wouldn't feel any less this relationship, right. you know. So I think that was I think that's such a great thing is like if you're only if that's your only motivation and maybe it's not maybe not everybody knows the why, but if you only think that is that the outcome you will be happy with, mm-hmm. you you may never be happy because it's really so much more about yes. the internal validation, not the external the extra mm-hmm. the external acknowledgement vis-a-vis money or awards or whatever is like gravy to me, Yeah, you know? Well, I think what you touched on there, what you both touched on, like I think the grit and the resilience comes with mm-hmm. your mission and your why. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if mm-hmm. your mission is to be a millionaire or whatever and things get hard, mm-hmm. you, you might just turn to the next shiny opportunity mm-hmm. that looks like, you know, this might be the other path that might mm-hmm. get me there. But I think when you're like, I believe in this vision, I believe in the values, the world needs this, um, you become resilient and you have grit and you don't shy away from hard things because it's, totally. it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% well said, yeah. It's uh, funny when we're talking about the joy too, I just bring this up because it's kind of coming to a visual in my mind is like, all the team between now and transaction and transaction forward to have a belief in that early team has to have a different yes. kind of belief mm-hmm. yes. they do because they, they just are working so hard but when i was thinking of moments of joy is and i'm just going to go back to beth as the second mm-hmm. beth which is the second employee there was also this thing if you ever look back into the archive pictures you see tara and beth like like really just like winging it <laughs> everywhere <laughs> and and i also like whether or not it was always easy, I'm sure it wasn't for Beth, because it's like I said, Tara is a robot that worked impossibly hours, is that I also felt that about Beth. She mm-hmm. was so, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, she was just like, she, she and it, it. I don't even think it was a money thing for Beth. No, yeah. It was no. like, I know this can work. I know this mm-hmm. is important. And so, and everybody from that point on was that, but I, I mm-hmm. do, I think of these like two blonde haired, you know, women, it, these young women and just, you know, taking product, slugging product. And I'm just like, yeah, that was like, when I look back, that brings me a lot of laughter, mm. you know, <laughs> but it was that there was like this, this, yeah, 
this is yeah 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 let's go mm-hmm. let's go believed in the mission. yeah believed believed well it seems like you like really just like quietly defied the whole system of like you know what most people would say hey these are the steps you should follow mm-hmm. like do this get a team be the top of the team dictate what's going to happen like end goal is like yeah yeah the mission but like end goal is like make the most profit you can for your business to be successful and it seems like you're just like that's not like that's not my path like that's not what i'm interested in i'm i believe in the mission i believe in surrounding myself with a team of people that are like like like-minded can fill in the gaps and like i will take the unconventional road and like the belief in yes this will happen not because i'm like manifesting whatever a a transaction that's Mm going to be really good for the company myself and the shareholders but because i know this is good for everybody Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of unconventional. I don't know. Like, it's and not- I do think you have to be surrounded by people that are having that conversation every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I believe, and I, it's not happened to be me and Cindy and others, but otherwise, I, it is so hard to stick to that mm-hmm. because every other conversation pulls you in the other way. Right. Like every, hey Tara, like, mm-hmm. and and I know there was moments that Tara would be like, oh, we're so, like she'd phone me and go, well, this person told me mm-hmm. we we're supposed to do this. And I'm like, are we? <laughs> you know, and then she'd be like, well, maybe we're not, you know. So I, yeah. it, it does take, and that kind of leads me to the kind of the bigger world things. Like this idea of, with Tara here, is this idea that if we don't do something different, it doesn't matter what we think or believe, if we're also not acting, choosing something different, what then changes, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that that's like, yeah, a really good transition because, you know, like I said, it's been um, two years almost uh, since we've had this transaction and, and Tara has a year old baby. So there was like lots that happened really quickly, um, including, you know, this this sort of, gluttony of work to less work but still lots of focus because she's such a good partner to our partners to her transaction partner but also new mom all of these things and while I don't think my question you asked an earlier question before we got on air um, Zach around like what's kind of like stoking you right now and my question is instead is like what is on your mind it may or may not be stoking you and I don't mean because this is the question everybody asks someone is like what's next for you mm-hmm. I actually think I would I would gently consider that that's not the right question to ask because it assumes you want to be the same person yes but I would actually say to you right now when you look out to the world what is on your mind not even for you to do but what is on your mind about what's important because sugar was one of them and I think mm. that as you look out what other things do you think oh <gasps> oh my goodness, that's something that we need to consider. Mm. Or, oh my goodness, that's exciting. Yeah. Like, what are the things for you? Hmm. <laughs> Besides I mean, baby products. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I think that's like really interesting and kind of the same as sugar, I feel like once, you know, once your eyes are opened, like you were saying earlier to sugar, then you're reading the labels and just reading like, oh my God, how? Um is the the world of just toxic products in our life everything is toxic unless you go in intentionally find for it to not be everything from like the things i feel like that are maybe there's a bit more awareness around like plastic ziploc bags and like containers to like everything that's in like our antibacterial hand soap that actually like keeps you from developing the healthy bacteria so you can actually fight off infections like 
all of that stuff I feel like is pretty mind-blowing just that we have to be like such advocates for ourselves and I think for others and I think there's a lot of cool like opportunities there too for impact for um because I think there's also like kind of a socioeconomic thing where maybe also just having the space and time but certain products that you that maybe like I don't know may not have accessibility to the products that are not harmful to your um, hormonal system and all the things so that's been really mind-blowing um yeah we're like even having a baby now like just um things even like childhood cancer and you're like oh how but then you see that from day one in formula there's all this stuff that that you're like oh in children pajamas there was this documentary I watched recently about how they are sprayed with fire retardants that and so you just like really I feel like start to see all these opportunities um, for impact in that way that comes to mind yeah yeah no I think that's a really good one and it's funny you bring up the children's pajama ones because it was like often things are done the first time to solve another problem we just haven't considered like you know and so you know it's it it is it's confusing as a consumer it's just confusing Mm -hmm. yeah it's just and really I think to do a really good job you would have to have such an immense amount of time to nail it in every aspect of consumerism in your life whether it goes from food to product to travel to whatever that it's like it's sometimes overwhelming so you just sort of want to sit you know mm-hmm. I think that's a good point that these things that are created were to solve a problem but they create yeah. new problems and it is a bit of a cycle so it's oh, like, 100% you know I think about like you know you could go and that's an endless conversation of you know if you think about gardening or, mm-hmm. or produce or a soil like things were created to make farming more convenient but it's mm-hmm. created all these other damaging things and now we're trying to return back. I think it's just an totally. interesting lens to mm-hmm. to explore. And so, um, Tara, also, like, it would be great. Why was, so Tara, Cindy, and I started a charity mm-hmm. called Sweet Futures. Um, why was that important to you at this point? What was important to you about this support of, um, of female founders? Yeah, I think, so, yeah, I think along the journey for along the journey until I met Judy really I I not there were always positive intentions absolutely I think just the different questions and like that thought of okay this is how I built this therefore this is how this should be built um and and things like that I I hadn't really had conversations or had anyone even ask me you know like how are you feeling or um, like, oh, if that's your, if that's how you, like, feel in, like, your gut, that's what we should do, then, like, sure, like, why wouldn't you just do it? Why would you do the thing that others are telling you to do? Um, and I feel like those sound like such small things, but when it's in the day-to-day, actually that has, I think, smart to sort of have a completely different outcome. Um, and and so, I yeah, and in meeting Judy and then um, Cindy coming on board, I think I won't speak for Judy or Cindy, but like for me, it became um, like very apparent that um, there needed to be something in the world that 
is empowering other women to to tap into these things that aren't talked about as much through the lens of business um, and how that will actually accelerate what vision you have and um, and the outcome of that yeah yeah I think that when you say that too one of the things that we really thought about is in Tara's journey what was what was the biggest impact and it was like relentless support yeah Mm -hmm. you know like relentless like yeah call me 20 times Tara you say I'm calling you too much I'm like call me 20 times like we mm-hmm. will, because you won't call me 20 times forever. You'll call me 20 times today mm-hmm. and then you won't call me again for a couple of days and then you'll, you know. So I think that was really important. And, totally. and by the way, both Tara, well, you know, <laughs> Zach, I'm a huge supporter of entrepreneurs, period. Mm-hmm. And there is conversations that still don't happen around women and women founders. And we know the statistics about the ability to get money and all those still exist. But then on a bigger and global level, while we're having these conversations around um, women founders, it doesn't matter whether my lived experience is good or bad or different, why there is a woman that can't make a decision about her own body in the States or a woman in India who gets you know, acid thrown on her because it, it doesn't matter whether it's my lived experience, it is still my experience as a woman in this world. Mm. And so I think that was, you know, we, I do think like we all dig down to different points in that, but I mean, mm-hmm. even in this latest, um, you know, the latest sort of happenings in the States, you know, I think I talked to Tara the next day, I was like, Ugh. Um, so it, it is a different conversation and it's not different because both genders and both genders in business aren't important, but it's different. Mm-hmm. And how is it that you get relentless care? One of the things Tara always said too, which I think is like really important because here she is, like I said, she... When she now having the baby, she's always like, I don't know if I could have done this with my baby. So we often talk about (laughs) women founders who are like also raising kids at the same time, and that's like a whole other dimension. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) super, super wild. Yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah, So that was that was uh, we did that right away. Really, we just was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like nice. It's like helpful to have scheduled calls, but it's like it's yeah it's 1000 percent difference when you like you just know someone's there that can talk through something and solve together in the moment when you really need it yeah that made that made like such a profound mm-hmm. difference yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so that was one thing that we literally did right after and i also yeah. think it was our way of like you know thinking yeah <laughs> thinking for what we all received mm. um from this you know beautiful transaction and, and that's so cool because it creates like a domino a ripple that'll last hopefully forever of you know other people creating you know paradigm shifting products and and women that can change yes. their lives but also the lives of you know everybody that encounters their products or their their business so yeah or their being like that was kind of like our sort of our ethos behind it when we bring on so we do a Mm -hmm. um a retreat once a year our next one's in november and there are you know um 10 people invited 10 brands invited up to 10 and it's like a hundred we 100 percent take care of it all when's the next one (laughs) november november yeah november yeah i think we got a couple of weeks before we have to close and on uh, on applications for that is you know they don't have to worry it's not partially subsidized it is we subsidize it because again we thought let's take that barrier of worry because somebody will go i don't quite have that much money or have Mm. that and then, but you also have to dig in. But most, the conversation, there's definitely like we work on your business while we're there, like on it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is, but it's also so much about the conversation about leadership because I don't think it's enough just to do things differently in terms of money or society. I think you actually have to, we have to continually consider our leadership. And as founders, I don't think we always remember we're going to be leaders as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it changes. Like you started with Beth and then mm-hmm. you grew to, you know, hundreds of, you know, a large, large team. So that leadership evolves from, you know, leading yourself to leading one person to leading a team. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting, right? You might not have been prepared to lead 50 Thank people. you, Cindy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think, yeah, lead is a very intimidating word. I feel like serve is like a easier totally. word, but I think, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's where like, that's a perfect example, I think, of having like someone there that has like that relentless um care where when you're in it you may not see the the gaps around the bend or you may know that at some point you need something but you don't think it's right now that was like the perfect example of um judy and and how cindy came on board because um like my strength was was always inspiring people Mm -hmm. but i never was got energy from okay how do now we actually energize people continually on a daily basis to execute this together um and judy knew that and so judy had said hey like i think we need to bring on a coo and at first i was like it's way too early we don't need a CEO." like i was like this is not this is not what we need and it was like exactly what we needed but (laughs) um i think yeah having someone who has like the foresight that like maybe even that you may even not be able to see that it's needed but like trusting that that person has the foresight of being around the bend before um is like yes like so so and I don't know how in that like uh, I started this by saying what Tara kind of you know what she holds for me is this idea of inspiration and so to get her into the kind of the moment-to-moment servitude and you know logistical management of people in this growing team would have actually thwarted the bigger, higher right. vision. Mm-hmm. And so when I looked at this like collective team from you know that uh, the actual operational team, I was like, yeah, that Cindy played that part, and Tara went in and you know, talked about what was going to happen next. So it was like I really saw, it, in terms of leadership, I saw an inspirational leader and I saw a leader that was on the ground, like, you know, mm-hmm. bandaging the troops, you know, like, Cindy, yeah. thank you. And, um, and, and and they did that for each other, the whole team, you know. Yeah. But so I think that, but in, in the idea of, you know, Sweet Futures is like we talk a lot about that. And uh, also the idea that, we can so easily as women be pulled towards a paradigm that has been, you know, traditionally with the label of masculine or even in uh, the patriarch when really what we need to be able to do is be able to sit in power as both softness and of mm-hmm. of strength, of conviction. And so that's often, like I noticed that last time in our last Sweet Futures, we had this like amazing group of women last November and um just that yeah there was almost a fear to go to that softness or fear Mm -hmm. to be like I didn't really feel quite comfortable with that investor when they you know and my thing is like well then 
Let's have a different conversation with yeah. them. Mm-hmm. It's not like write them off as human beings. Let's have a different conversation. Let's tell what's important to us. We don't have to do what somebody tells us to do. We can say, I'm really interested in having you on board. Here's what it's going to look like mm-hmm. here. Would you like to join me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Like, uh, yeah, the world needs women to lead and not in that conventional sense of like what we, what, yeah, what we think mm-hmm. is like leadership and mm-hmm. blah, 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 take the helm and take charge, but to be that, that thoughtful, provocative voice that often asks the questions that men, men typically wouldn't ask because it's like, we're, we're just going to fit into that platform. Mm-hmm. And like, just using you, Tara, as an example, like I have two young daughters mm-hmm. who <laughs> are obsessed with <laughs> smart sweets. They love them. And it was so cool because I was able to say like, oh, girls, like we're doing this podcast and you know, we talked to, talk to the person who invented it and she's like this young woman, da, da, da. And they were like, what? Like, that's so cool. Because mm-hmm. for them, it's just already the paradigm is like, you know, important CEOs, inventors, people who are coming mm-hmm. up with stuff like it's men. And so when mm-hmm. for them already to have that, to have an example of someone who is like a young woman who has like made a huge impact in the world and been incredibly successful as a result of that, like I am so grateful that like your story exists mm-hmm. and I can be like, look, like look at what you can accomplish and you don't need to fit in. And, and you know, it's like that traditional mm-hmm. kind of patriarchal paradigm and oh my gosh, turn on the news and we can see like that needs to die. Like ASAP, totally. like and, that paradigm. And to your point, it's not just the idea of success. Again, I go back to the how. Mm-hmm. Like even like to be quite honest, because you can read it online, is like Tara made a bit of money. <laughs> and there's even a thing that says like when you make money, you should act, look and behave like this. Right. This mm-hmm. is what should be important to you. You should right away think that you want to belong to this and this and be in this and this club. And I think that some of those things might happen for Tara, but she might not choose all of those things. And so that's what I, like, that's what really intrigues me as somebody who has, well, and not only from my granddaughter, but also from my grandson, where he watches this young woman who they, like, think Tara's, like, the best in there, and is that, watches and goes, this is, like, a person that is, like, of the earth. Yes. They're not trying to be, like, more or less, and so... That will, and again, I hope that, like, I don't ever see a point in my life where Tara is not in it, but I hope that I can continue as the world is going to try to pull her towards different things as somebody that does have wealth now. Is that we con- we are in constant conversation about mm-hmm. that? Not because she gets pulled, but because it's like it's almost imposed upon you. Mm. And so that that's been interesting too is like, what is. What is her continue, which is why Sweet Future was started right away. It's like, mm-hmm. let's do something right away before we forget. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and there will be more. I mean, I know yeah. there will be more and I'm excited about that, but that's it. Hey, yeah. it's not just that you're successful, you're successful and you are going to be in your humanity and your yes. success. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like you've just like the idea of staying true to who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of non-ego, like non-attachment to the outcome, but pursuit of what you believe to be true and what you want to see in the world mm-hmm. like that it's it, it's just so incredible because it's like it feels almost like too altruistic and yet here mm-hmm. you are and like looking at the sweet futures um website like it's incredible just like the the the, the taglines like impact is the metric 
it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, how was that ever not the metric? Yeah. Like that's yeah. what? Totally. And it's, it's so, it's so true and simple. And like, we all know that to be true. And yet we've mm-hmm. like exchanged it because we're like, well, yeah, but actually mm-hmm. what we're looking for is this. And it's like, I just love that you have been like, no, actually like impact or like seeing this happen seeing like people's sugar reduction because it's harmful for them and it's we don't need this like seeing that reduce in the world is like what Mm -hmm. i'm gonna pursue and like i'm gonna kind of pursue it my way and like you know pull Mm -hmm. people in who are gonna help me and assist me and redirect me sure but also like that's your vision and that's your passion i think pursuing that and staying true to that is just like honestly it's so inspirational it's funny i had a conversation with somebody today who's working through stuff uh, also a brilliant businesswoman, a young and brilliant businesswoman, talking about future transaction. And we talked about this idea of accelerating shares upon transaction for the whole team. And there is an old paradigm, which also may have some truth to it. If you do that, you're going to lose all your team because now they're all have going to be made money and they're no longer going to want to work for that company. I don't know how often that's been tested. We tested it. And I think we lost the same amount of people we'd have lost lost regardless, Mm. which was such a low, low percentage. And there was some natural transition that would have happened as a younger team anyways. And that was something that was told to her. It was something she read. And I was like, well, we don't know. That may even have been true, but then let's overlay it with the statistics of like the average person stays in a role like three years now anyways. So what does it matter? So you are going to change how you feel, which is innately this person felt like they actually wanted somebody to actualize that kind of life-changing amount, but you're going to change it because the world tells you that you're, it's not going to work. And she was just like, okay, so with that. And so I think all of those things of, is that true? Is that true? Is Mm -hmm. that, and that was true. Is it true now? What if we tried it a different way? And, and even, you know, then what is our responsibility in that? Okay, new company, you freaking figure out how to keep the people, <laughs> you know, yeah. because I want them to get their full actualization of the work we did together. Mm. You know, that would be, and does it always work? Perhaps not, but it can work. So I think mm-hmm. those things. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think th- through that, like the kind of staying true to yourself, I think, and Judy had said this or already earlier as well just having the surrounding yourself with the people um I feel like that's something that like it's easy to get caught up on and, and like we talked about this um around board to like especially around the board like to get like the people on the board who have like the big names and who like but then they can't show up for you on a call when you really need them like mm. um but I feel like having the the people around you for me, it was like really was Judy who like, yeah, will have those constant conversations. And even though in certain situations, you may even think you're being true to yourself, um, but you may have just not considered all the other things or, or can see the full picture at that time. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that's really really important because I think you can think that you're staying true to yourself and not be staying true to yourself Mm -hmm. and you would only see that in hindsight unless you have those people or person along the way that can like really help to ground you um in that and also I think like Judy I think having someone who like has no judgment if you do make a different decision Mm -hmm. but like having just 
putting all the considerations out on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I mm. think that, um, it, thank you, Tara, but I also think that in reverse, it was this idea of like the privilege of somebody allowing you to have authentic and clear conversation with them without getting their knickers in the knot or being an ego or feeling like they have to, or that they have to do it all themselves because mm. they have to show that they're of, you know, like this idea that value yeah, I was talking about it the other day with someone, and I said, who was like, well, you know, I need to show that I can do this by myself. And I said, well, let's look at it this way. If we're in a desert together, and I know where the water source is, and I can take you to that water so- source, not because I'm a better person or I have more value, I just happen to have seen it, would you say, well, no, I just have to go find a different water source all by myself? <laughs> like, why would, mm-hmm. wh- you know, and in, in humanity, like, why can't we just do that? Why can't we be like, if somebody supports me, helps me, even takes me right to the water, it actually is no less, I'm no, of no less value. I'm of no less value. I don't have to stake my value and hold on to it. Like if I, you know, I don't have to prove my value even. I just have to know my internal value and know that sometimes it's going to resonate where I am and sometimes it's not, mm-hmm. you know? So I think those are really the constant conversations of, is that what we want to do? Is that really the impact that I want to have? You know, when we talk about impact, Dean, it's, it's the impact literally of we can have a candle on this table and if we open the door, that flame will be impacted. Mm-hmm. And do we know the nuances of the impact with the decisions and the choices and our words and our actions? Do we really, you know, do we know that? Do we honor, honor what has been? Do we be in pure presence of what is and do we really really sit with our impact all the way through mm-hmm. and I think that's continual I don't think you ever know it you have to keep asking yourself mm-hmm. those questions yeah oh, I love that because it's not always a tangible thing you can't know your impact you know mm-hmm. you can't know totally yeah. the people that you know read an article or listened to a podcast mm-hmm. or had a candy and you know where that took them on their path it's mm-hmm. like you you have your mission you have your values you put that out to the world and it's impossible for you to like keep receipts on the impact totally. that you yeah. have, you know, have red, red receipts on an iPhone of the impact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like today I impacted 420 yeah. people. Like, kudos to me, you know, and like, then where are the people that I impact that wasn't so helpful? Yeah. Because that's all. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, that There's all. the flip side. Right. And I think that that's also what we want to teach our, our young girls and our young boys is that, I, I also really, it used to kind of irritate me when people would be like, oh, she's so brilliant. And I'm like, she's a human being that has brilliance, but don't make her perfect because that's like super unfair. Mm. Like I used to kind of get a little, and I still sometimes get frustrated. And I'm like, she's just a person who is like phenomenal. <laughs> One of my favorite people in the world, but don't try to put, don't impose all right. the things you think about her on her. Just sit in the truth of, wow, what a great product. Wow, when I listened to that podcast, I really resonated with her. You know, sit in the truth, but don't impose anything on somebody about now the imperfection or that they make all the right decisions. That's not even fair. So I think that's been a big thing for mm-hmm. me too of watching people sort of want to not just like, like you said, in honesty, just be like, oh my gosh, I'm so motivated and inspired, but kind of like almost like impose, like so fan out. It's like, you're perfect. Well, she she is, but she's not. Yeah. She is to me, <laughs> but she's not always. <laughs> you know, project these yeah, impossible no, labels. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird, yeah. hey? Like it's it's impossible. Yeah, because then it's it makes impossible. it it makes the leap for you impossible to go. 
oh, that's so inspiring, but like I can never do it because I'm not like that. Totally. Versus being like, whoa, like what a great innovation and product. Like what could I do? Exactly. Yeah. And oh, they had imperfect moments and will continue to, I have imperfect moments. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's like what is important is it's not to me to share my perfect moments. It's actually for me to share my imperfect moments. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and still do mostly good, you know, yeah. in the world. Yeah. Hopefully. A little more good. Do a little yeah, more good in the world. Go. Yeah, 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 there you go. Well, should we do? Um, should we do a couple of fun cards before? Well, we... instead of doing cards, yeah, can we do the last contemplation? Can I read it, it and then you guys? Yeah. We can do whatever we whatever you okay? want. To whatever read. we want, we can do. <laughs> That's the good thing about it. You're the boss here, Judy. So. <laughs> whatever. Uh, this was um, a contemplation. It's a monthly poem and inc- inquiry and consideration I put out um, to a group of people that are on a list somewhere, I guess. I don't know. But I, I love this because it, and it actually, I think, segues into so much of the conversation Tara and I have been having both, you know, the conversation that came about when she talked about, you know, this idea of like, where are we being mindful about our consumerism? Where is toxicity? Where are all these hidden things? But also conversations you've had with other people around this idea of healing. And Tara and I have been having so you know, I think you hear it come up around this idea of universe and sort of like this idea of divinity and creator and something bigger being, you know, we are part of something so much bigger. Sometimes such a tiny, teeny, weeny part and sometimes a, a really important part in that moment when we, you know, give birth to a, a baby, when we have mm. kids and things like that um, and become a father and all those things. And this is, it says, a simple prayer for remembering. We do not become healers. We came as healers. We are. Some of us are still catching up to what we are. We do not become storytellers. We came as carriers of the stories we and our ancestors actually lived. We are. Some of us are still catching up to what we are. We do not become artists. We came as artists. We are. Some of us are still catching up to what we are. We do not become writers, dancers, musicians, helpers, peacemakers. We came as such we are. Some of us are still catching up to what we are. We do not learn to love in the sense we came as love. We are love. Some of us are still catching up to who we truly are. And I think when I read that, um, there's a lot of words, but it's this idea of um, where is it that we stop reaching for and grasping for and just be in pure presence of, of being. You know, that that remembering to remember that, you know, we, talked about this before we came as pure divinity and so it's that we're pulled away from it it's not that even we have to go find it we are it we just have to remember to remember mm-hmm. and so when I think of this thing of like Tara talking about imposter syndrome I uh, think yeah it's because we're told that we are are one thing or not a thing instead of we are all things mm-hmm. and we explore different parts of us I mean I look at this and I crack up because I, my, my narrative in my head <laughs> is that I'm not very good at one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. And yet this tells me that, you know, m- maybe that's just a definition I've given to myself. And of course, the one that speaks so plainly to me is this last line about, um, we do not learn to love in this sense. We came as love. We are love. We came as love. We are love. And so I think the question to each of you, and I'll read it one more time, is simply is 
what is it that you're remembering about yourself? Mm. And what is it like you maybe still need to remember? As we walk through these like moments where there is some sort of definition, some sort of role, father, mother, you know, that we have to play. What other things? So do you mind if I read it again? Sure. Yeah. We, and, and I'm going to take a little slight imposition here, or improv here just to really land it. We do not become healers. We came as healers. We do not become storytellers. We came as the carriers of the stories we and our ancestors actually lived. We do not become artists. We came as artists. We do not become writers, dancers, musicians, helpers, peacemakers. We came as such. We do not learn to love in this sense. We came as love. We are love. Yeah, so what has been coming up for you, Zach, that you're remembering to remember about yourself? I think, well, just listening to it, I was, we might have talked about this previously, having like limitless self-belief instead Mm -hmm. of limited self-belief. Yeah. That we're capable of so much. Yeah. And it's our own story. It's our own history, our story of our history that limits what's possible. And if we can kind of step out of that and, and take a step in a direction of what's yeah. possible. I think we can do hard things. We can, you know, small steps make big things possible. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think for myself, sometimes it's around, uh, like, stories around abundance, like knowing that, hmm. you know, I can have abundance and that I, like, can embody imbun- abundance and, like, kind of changing story around uh, scarcity or, or fear of scarcity and um, just being aware of those mm. those stories because mm. we can change them at any any point. Is that a linear mm. story for you, do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know my, you know people. Yeah. Well, so I yes. mean, yeah, but mostly it is, <laughs> but yeah. And so if you were to change that narrative for yourself right now, what would what would be the statement that is actually the true statement? What that we all are abundance. Yeah, you're already mm. in abundance. Yes, I am in abundance. Yeah. I'm surrounded, you know, in this conversation with abundance, and yeah. that I, I live in abundance. And, yeah. and, and scarcity is about something that someone's told you is important that may or may not be. Yes. You know, and yeah, you know, I, we said this before too. I go home after I go home. Well, at the end of every day, I think hmm I could have maybe spent a little I could have gone for a bigger hike or whatever yes but if if I if I didn't wake tonight I would feel like this was a day really really well spent I think that when I leave here yeah so you are in abundance you have such abundance you know I think that's great Mm -hmm. and then honoring also with that lineage confusion also comes the honoring of how hard those people tried to do the right job just like we do every day yes. and it wasn't always perfect and it wasn't even always helpful of course but yeah yeah no I think that's beautiful and is there something beyond that idea of kind of the ancestral story is there something in you that's kind of alive beyond that consideration you know when I think of this more like we are healers we are musicians we are is there something for you that's alive where you're like Oh, yeah, I, I, I would like to be more in that. Well, it's funny because it's, it's something I've learned about myself in the last year, just this kind of lineage history. Yeah. 
of like I've always been pre- previously in sports and stuff I was a competitive person and I used mm-hmm. to like psych myself up before a game um like I'd have positive self-talk like mm-hmm. uh, and envision things and I, I was like I need to do like why don't I do the same with everything else so I was like walking to work one day <laughs> giving myself like a pep talk about abundance and just like mm-hmm. changing my my own story or my own relationship mm-hmm. and by the time I got to work or got to that meeting I was feeling like so charged and so abundant mm-hmm. that it just took like a second of awareness to enter a room or enter a conversation with that with that reframed mm-hmm. story or, or disposition mm-hmm. around Disposition, great. It's almost like when you said it, I envisioned you going into that moment, like with this glow. Yes. This glow Mm. and uh, like energetic attraction field that then lets everybody Mm. be in abundance. Yes. You know, Mm. so love that. Thank you. Thank you. What about for you, Dean? Yeah, I think for me in hearing, in hearing those words, um, just the, the remembering that like everything, like I have everything I need. Like I am everything I need because mm-hmm. I often will be like, oh, I wish I was and like mm-hmm. play that, play that game. Uh, but just to come back and be like, no, 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 no. Like not in terms of like limiting, there's always uh, for growth and improvement and learning and mm-hmm. expansion. Yes, forever. But like knowing that fundamentally, like I am and I have everything I need like in me already. And the first time you read it, uh, I actually imagined I like just the vision came to my mind of like kids like playing on a playground and like doing the monkey bars and all of these things that kids do. And then, you know, I've even said it myself. It's like, oh, man, look at them. Like, when did we lose that ability? Mm-hmm. And it's like when when those structures are taken away and that time and space for like play and growth in that way is like removed, whether it's because like you go to high school now and there isn't a playground or it's like right. not cool anymore. And you like lose that ability, but like it's always there if you maintain it. And so just that, I just, I don't know what it was, but that vision kind of like through, through my, through flew my mind in terms of about just like you have it, access it, use it, regenerate it. It's there. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all there. We, like I said, we just start to undo it as yeah. opposed to, you know, even that consideration around love is that. If you just always started with love, even if you started with clear fences around what was okay or not okay, but just in love, how would that change, you know, Mm, everything? Yeah. How would it change everything? Um, And I also think that in your, you know, thanks for being so clear about that is that if you, even if we don't, even if we say to our children or the children in our lives over and over and over, you're wonderful, you're perfect as you are, but we don't believe it about ourselves. Mm. Mm. We're not role modeling. Or... And again, like even if it's, if it's not explicit, it's yes. implicit, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, mm. you know, we do this work so our children don't have to. That's that stuff is that I'm, you know, and it's also okay to, to be saying, and it would be, great and I can make that a goal but if I don't achieve that goal I am no less of anything yes Mm -hmm. I'm no less than you know I think that's uh, really important thank you what about for you T what came up for you in this one um hmm you guys had two really (laughs) really imposter syndrome again um I think for me it's yeah I think um 
I think for me, it's maybe what came up is, um, yeah, I think just questioning the, questioning like this, this, like kind of the stories or like what we think that like we need or what like we think that we mm-hmm. want. Uh, like it's for for me I found like in business I had no problem not being attached but I find like in my personal life I had have a harder time not being attached to what something should look like or Mm -hmm. so I feel like just knowing that like everything that you are is also like life is also unfolding exactly how it's meant to and yeah that's kind of what came up for me I guess like what wondering like what part of like our inner selves puts ourselves in that box of like how something should Should be be. or like Mm -hmm. should look Mm -hmm. um yeah instead of just embracing what like is what is and and how much energy do you spend looking at something outside of what's purely present and Mm -hmm. if you sat in pure presence then what actually could be Mm -hmm. you know what actually could be and again that kind of that role modeling for the the future that's coming up underneath us, whether they're in you know our our children of lineage or ch- our biological children or just those that we interact with in the world, is just to allow them to see that in presence they're going to they're going to just find out they're going to discover and rediscover so much more. You know, I think is really such an important one mm-hmm. with that. Um, yeah, and it, and it does speak to that idea of how it just like it takes so much effort to figure out how much sugar I I have in a product (laughs) like really again even having this conversation remember I like am in this conversation around sugar for or I was for a long time and I still am but I still go yeah I wonder how much sugar that I I, like right now I was literally like oh I had like a little stress moment even around the toxicity I'm like I'm pretty good at this but I'm not very good at this (laughs) Um, but where does that where does that seep into you know our our other actions and behaviors that we just go with something because it is or because we've been told it or because it's an expectation without thinking yeah there'd be no smart sweets if we just if if you just followed what has been and what people what boxes people have created Mm -hmm. yeah and now in this world where we're so actively talking about neurodiversity we're going to have to rethink so much you know we're going to have to think through so much about the way we're schooling what we're you know what we're what does all that mean I was with somebody who the other day who owns a really really hugely successful business across North America and uh, she's kind of maybe getting close to 60 and and it was interesting because she's got a really expansive mind and at the same time I I said a couple of things I was actually talking about like plant medicines and things like that and she was like oh we don't do that on the east coast I'm like yeah you do <laughs> you know but because it's not in her framing right mm. so where is it we're still actively looking for this you know these other these other considerations and these thoughts and mm. and all of that sort of stuff yeah we didn't uh, but just that idea too of that if we just swipe it all away and we just sat in love what then might be our options what mm-hmm. then might be our decisions is important to me yeah mm-hmm. lead with love I like that lead mm-hmm. with love yeah yeah, yeah. Anything else, guys? Well, Dean, should we should we close it out with our with our the, age old the final question the age old question? <laughs> can I can I ask a favor? Yeah, of course. Before we do that, can I just say one thing? Um, you know, you guys 
we, we before we've used cards from this artifact, this, and I told you it's a work of community, and I talked about, you know, where terror inspires me. I, <laughs> it's going to make you cry. <laughs> I don't believe that this would be here mm. if it wasn't for Tara. Mm. And I don't mean for the success that we had that enabled that. I mean that she literally would, when I wasn't even thinking about this, she'd be like, when are you going to do that? When are you going to do that? How's that going? She would say to me. <laughs> and so I just want to let you know that you say so many beautiful things, and I'm glad that you feel like I've had impact, but I just never want you to forget mm. how much impact you've had on me. Mm. And I love you. Thanks, dude. I love you, too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I feel like, yeah, I, I think it would have been, but I'm honored that it, my, uh, Nagging. <laughs> oh, was helpful. I just say your presence in my life. Yeah. <laughs> your presence in my life. So thank you, thank you. Over so to you good. guys to close. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, thanks, Judy, for that yeah. moment. Um, we always, uh, Zach and I created this podcast and we want to have like really inspiring conversations with people like yourself and obviously Judy, just to like mine the depths of like human experience and intellect and wisdom and everything that people bring to the table in their whole selves. And so thank you for your time and, and showing up in, in that way for us yeah. here. Um, but we called it a little more good knowing mm. like that's what we wanted to create and see and do in the world. Um, but we're just, we're always curious to know like, what does that phrase mean to you? A little more good. Mm. Yeah. That's such a good, that's like, yeah, it's really cool what you guys are doing. Um, I mean, I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is I think it's it's just like I feel like the small things in your day. I feel like the like I feel like when we talk about impact and stuff, it can be like at least for me it can feel like it has to be this big thing, but like it's actually just like the little things in your in your day like someone that you're passing by smiling at them like the, the little things I feel like um, may cumulatively hold the most impact. So I don't know. That's what came to mind was kind of like following those, following those little whispers in your day-to-day -day life um, and like being present enough to follow them mm -hmm. where like if someone was sitting on the side of the road and you just walk by texting instead of just like putting your phone down and just smiling and be like, hey, hope you're having an amazing day. And um, yeah, yeah, following those whispers. Mm. What about you? Well, I've answered this so many times, and I would say the same. I mean, I think that you said it so beautifully. I, I think a little, you know, a little more good to me right now is if we just started all with presence. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be presence just in the moment. I don't know how we can do anything but a little more good. Well, thank you, Judy. Thank you, Tara. I yeah. think, uh, you know, you both are making sweet futures so oh. much more possible. So I'm oh, grateful. Very good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I'm grateful for both of you and all the sweetness that you both yeah. bring yeah. into thank all of our lives. You. Yeah. Love well, you guys both. Ditto. Thank you for yeah, everything you're doing so much, in community. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Love you, Dean. <laughs> thanks, Tara. Thanks, yes, Judy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All right, that was a very smart and very sweet conversation. There we go, <laughs> Tara and Judy, dream team. Yeah, honestly, like it's just interesting, you know, we're in the room and you just think of like the collective energy and potential and, you know, 
just brilliance at the table, you know, uh, outside of <laughs> you and I. Oh, shucks. No, it was just so cool to see, you know, these people who are committed to their craft and to elevating people and projects and ideas that are worth elevating. I just, uh, it was so good. It's bigger than just like candy, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think like we were talking about in the introduction, it's like, seeing what's wrong with the world yes. and having the courage to fix it. Yes. And Tara embodies that, that courage and that vision. And, yeah. and so does Judy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was very inspired by that conversation and, and um, I just love smart sweets. There's, I know. I feel good every time I'm snacking on it. Whenever I go to the movie with uh, movies with Finn, I sneak my smart sweets in. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, that normal, conventional, old oh. school. But it's so candy. good. Yeah, it's so good because, like, you know, Joelle too. She's got such a little sweet tooth, and she loves yeah. the smart sweets, like fish, the little Swedish Swedish fish kind of things. And she'll be like, "Can I? Can I have some? Can I?" And it's like, "Oh, okay, you can have a few, right?" And like, but you don't even feel bad about letting your kid like mow a bag because yes. they're like, "Well, it's not even. It's not even bad. Like, it's yeah. not." got good fiber in it yeah you're not eating anything that's gonna like wind you up and make you crazy and have the sugar crash so it's like it is a brilliant and delicious little product so go get yourself some smart sweets yeah you know if you want to enjoy this conversation again it's, it's uh it accompanies well with uh with some I, I'd, I'd go with the the peaches myself oh yeah good old fuzzy peaches so good all right if you enjoyed this conversation uh it goes a long way for us in allowing this podcast these conversations to be shared to larger groups of people if you can share with a neighbor share it with a friend share it on your socials uh give a like or a review wherever you tune in uh means a lot to us and allowing us to share this message of a little more goodness so thank you goodies all you goodies out there yeah hope you're all having a good week uh full of a little more good and uh we'll see y'all same place same time next week Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.